It's July 23rd, 2016, and bring back the fountain hook. I'm Colin Detmar. And I'm Emily Dalton, and this is Bottle Crow, a Dota 2 podcast. <sighs> Been a little while. Yeah, well, you but know. We're back in the saddle. And uh, we've been either watching or playing a fair bit of Dota lately. You've been watching a lot. I've been watching a lot. I'm still uh, without a PC that can run Dota or even League of Legends. That's how rough my situation is. But uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of Dota, going back and watching a lot of old Dota uh, with my partner. And uh, you sort of stole my thunder in our little intro there. But we've been watching. We just finished a TI2. Yeah, the the famous Fountain Hook Navi. Yeah. Against Tong Fu. And after which... watching that, I said to you, like you had said to me a little while ago, man, I wish Pudge could come back into the pro meta, but everybody's just too good now. And I said, maybe then they could put Fountain Hook back in. Since and I think, yeah, no, I sorry, finish your thought. No, I just since everybody's so much better now, not much of a thought. Yeah, and I think like. It was impressive back then that they were able to pull it off, right? It's it's a feat of, of pretty extraordinary timing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, like, well, first of all, reintroducing it would be tricky because the the way they the way they got it to not happen anymore is they made it so that the hook hooks you to wherever his current location is, or not to where his current location is, where it was when he threw it. Mm-hmm. Um. And you'd have to make a special exception to fountain hook for fountain hooking because if you made it for other things, then that would get too messed up too easily. Hmm. I think, like, I mean, like, fountain hook is hard. Hook and then blink is not hard, yeah. right? Oh and man, put it all in. I love this. It... It's a whole new pudge. <sighs> Maybe I don't know. I mean, like, it's it's a shame that they don't really use the Dota two test test ideas they they use it to test things that they're like we're gonna put this in we want to know or you know maybe they do that internally but with the public they're not like we want to see what effect this would have on the game right yeah that's not a thing that they do yeah and i would be really curious what an effect that would have on the game i would yeah i would love to see it on the other hand i would just dump it into the game and then cackle madly so that's why i'm not the ice frog well i mean that's kind of what he does so actually oh my gosh I'm just realizing it was a dream, but I dreamed that I actually got to hang out with Ice Frog for a while. We were both on the same train, and we sort of had a civil conversation. Huh. He did not look the way I expected. Huh. Oh. Cool. And he was like, oh yeah, that's me. It's not a secret anymore. Anyway, now we're talking about my dreams on Bottle Crow. <laughs> back to Fountainhook. So, I mean, like, I, I also went back and watched some some old stuff. I watched... TI won grand finals. So Um, bad. Yeah, we were real bad at Dota back then. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I watched it and was sort of appalled, and told you, and you watched it and started sending me these angry texts about why does everyone have a vanguard? Why does nature's prophet have a butterfly? Yeah, it's uh. Why is like. When art style forgets and leaves his rod on by accident and then suicides, why is he? Why is Obi or Toby Wan suddenly screaming? You know, you god. It's like no, that wasn't no, that wasn't impressive actually. <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah. It was. 
Yeah, it was intensely weird. And the jump between TI1 and 2, astonishing. Yeah, no, it's a huge level of, of play. Like, the 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 bar is raised to a crazy degree. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, you know, I, I'd been aware, like, since I started watching, I guess it was like TI4 when I started watching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been aware since then that, the, you know, the pro scene has just gotten way better at this game. But it's like... The way they were in TI1, I, like, it's it's not me bragging. Like, if you think it is, go back and watch these games. I'm better than them, than they were then. Yeah, they were doing things that I would get screamed at for in, in my level of Dota. It's pretty, pretty bad. And it's just, it's astonishing how far we've come, and how far certain parts of pro Dota have not come. Because, boy, the commentary was worse back then. But we still, like... Not as much worse as it should have been. Yeah, like... We still have, like... I don't know, I feel like the most egregious things to me... I mean, like, okay, you miss stuff happening in the game, I understand, right? Sure. There's a lot going on, camera work, whatever, it's hard. Hopefully you get better at that, but that's something I I can totally understand. But, like, lack of game knowledge... And, I mean, to me, the most egregious thing is basically ever assuming that a professional player doesn't know what they're doing. Like, Yeah, a lot of commentators seem to assume that they understand better what's going on than the players, and it's it's especially embarrassing if you've heard players do commentary. Yeah, it's like, oh, he bought a, he bought a scythe. Oh, he must have he must have just fucked up there. That must just be a screw up. It's like, no, maybe he wanted a scythe. Maybe maybe he thought of something you didn't. I don't know. Like, as you say, when when players do commentary, it's a very different style of thing, right? So, what's your very favorite commentary team you've ever heard, bar none? I mean, I think I've told you mine is mine is Capitalist and, and uh, Blitz. I just I think I'm including players though. Like, your favorite people you've ever heard do commentary mm. on a stream. God, I mean, I really enjoyed Swindles and Eternal Envy casting, but I don't think that would last. Like, I mean, I think they'd be good, but I don't think it would be as magical as this first couple of games of them. Just like... Still, though, if that was your favorite that you've heard. It just, it felt like, because there were, like, the you know, there were two real casters there, and then there were them, right? And it's like... You would think that the two casters were trying to do the, like, the newbie stream, right? Hmm. Like, it was literally just on another level where Swindles and Eternal Envy were having this conversation and the casters just didn't know how to get involved because they didn't know enough. Yeah, I got to see uh, or hear something like that uh, at a Beyond the Summit with um, Moon and Fly after they'd been eliminated. And it was, they were doing a game with uh, Evil Geniuses and, like, watching watching PPD morph into evil PPD and just cracking up and talking about that. And yeah, as you say, like just they have a much better understanding of what's happening than commentators who aren't pro players. And there's always going to be a level of that, at least with, with players, right? Like in that particular instance, like, yeah, players who have played with or against PPD are going to know what he's like better than a commentator will. That's just sort of a given. Like players know other players, but like, commentators don't know the game that well and i mean they know it you know i'm not saying they don't know it at all i'm not trying to dunk on commentators here right right but like 
there are some some basic lapses in game knowledge you will observe now and then that are just kind of frustrating, you know? Well, and I find almost more frustrating the inability to read bigger strategy. Um, and I think, I mean, I think it'll get better when there are enough retired players to be commentators. And I think, mm. I mean, everybody has noticed that the setup is there's a play-by-play guy whose main skill is that he can talk quickly about what's happening, like Toby-Wan or LD. Um, or Capitalist. Or Capitalist. And then there's the depth guy, uh, who is maybe a little less quick and a little less vocally charismatic, but knows what's happening most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. And I don't know. Like, I wish... Like... I don't know. It, it's frustrating in a couple of ways, right? Like, it's frustrating that there are moments where, like, the, the play-by-play guy will say a bunch of stuff, and then he'll pause for the, the analyst to talk, right? And the analyst is like, yeah, you're wrong, basically. Yeah. Um, and that's frustrating because they're wrong, but it's also frustrating because that's bad production, right? Like, it'd be nice if you could find a way to basically say you're wrong without being as, as obvious about it. Well, and I've seen some of them are like, well, I think another way to look at it, or, well, I guess in my experience, you know, people who are trying to make it a little more gentle. Well, that's, that's what makes Capitalist and Blitz so magical to me. That's is what that makes Blitz so magical. They're both really good friends, and, like, the relationship there is that Blitz knows Dota really well, Capitalist knows it less well, and blitz constantly gives him shit about it <laughs> as his friend yeah. and so like like there was a there was a match where uh there was a specter pushing top lane and he had a yasha right he just got a yasha delivered from the courier mm-hmm. and capitalist said oh like he's got a yasha there do you think he'll turn it into a manta style or a sanjin yasha and blitz said I mean, why would he turn it into a Sanjin Yasha? He says, well, I don't know. I mean, the, what are the benefits of, of, a, of a Manta style over a Sanjin Yasha? And Blitz says, you should know what the benefits are. And he says, yeah, I know, but, but for the listeners. And he says, the listeners know what the benefits are. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. and like, a capitalist is getting embarrassed, but in that, like, in that way where your friend's putting you on the spot. So it, it worked. <sighs> and it usually doesn't work. Yeah, well, and I think that's part of why Action Slacks doesn't get to ask to do commentary more often, is because he's that rough all the time with everybody. And, like, not wrong, but, uh, yeah. Well, also, like, also he's that rough all the time, even though his his knowledge is actually, like, one of the worst of anybody. <laughs> like, Yeah, he, he's playing he gets, an entirely different game. He gets teams wrong a lot. Uh, it's it's not, not good. Um, yeah. I don't know, like, but I mean, like, I guess my number one thing, right, the number one thing that casters should work on that is something they can easily work on is just assuming that the pros have a plan and they're not just being idiots. Like, and that's the thing that, yeah, like, Blitz is my favorite caster, and one of the big reasons is he always phrases stuff in a way to indicate that if someone is doing something he doesn't understand, he's interested to see what their plan is. Mm-mm. Right? Like, he always phrases things like, oh, that's an unconventional build, I wonder where he's going with this. Right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't say, oh, that's a fuck-up, right? Like, yeah. oh, he didn't mean to buy that. Um, because this is a game, like... League of Legends, just this week, got a big patch in response to the meta. And the meta was that 
generally you need to do a classic lane in League of Legends terms, one top, one jungle, one mid, two bottom, right? Mm -hmm. But some people figured out a way, if you execute your plan perfectly, that you can do an early game like ganking meta and not just lane and not be super stagnant. And if you pull it off, you can make it work. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, we can't have that. And they patched it to force people to lane, to force people to do a very specific meta. That is what League of Legends does. And what makes Dota so magical is that we embrace the fact that when people have ideas, as long as it doesn't destroy the game, and sometimes even when it does, <laughs> we let them run with it. Profound note back in. That's where you were going, right? Basically. <laughs> but, you know, just in, in broader terms, I mean, like, when someone does something crazy, maybe it is just a bad call. Maybe it will not work out for them. But be interested to see where it goes and don't just compare it to like the sheet you have in front of you, which is these are the items that that Spectre always buys, and then go, oh, okay, then they messed up. Because that's where new meta comes from. Yeah. Remember, like in the first games after TI1, people would be go like judging by TI1, I don't actually know I wasn't back then, but judging by TI1 people would go, oh that's weird, Earthshaker got a Blink Dagger instead of a Vanguard what's he thinking? <laughs> like yeah anybody got anything instead of a Vanguard so many Vanguards, I don't understand maybe it was way stronger back then I know Blink Dagger cost mana back then which was crazy um but not very much. I think twenty-five. Anyway, let's talk. On, let's move on to our second major topic of outrage. Uh, Navi had a name change recently. Hmm. They're not Navi anymore. Is that they're because it's clear that they were not born to win? I mean, I think technically there it still stands for Nadis Vincere. I think they're. I think they're still standing by that one. They're just Navi G two A. Wait. Which is, of course, for the G2A website, which is a gray market video game key seller. Um, so, okay. Some of you guys may not have a lot of experience with G2A, right? Right. You see their name on sponsorships for esports e things. You're like, oh, this tournament's sponsored by G2A. Oh, this team is sponsored by G2A. Cloud9 used to be sponsored by G2A, right? They're just They're just around. They're sponsoring things. They're scumbags. Tell me more. They are a website that specializes in, as I say, gray market key reselling. Which basically means that they get keys for video games, not from the developers, and then sell them to consumers. Sometimes they get them from like other regions where the game is being sold for less. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the nice version. Sometimes they pretend to be streamers and ask developers for free keys. Sometimes they steal people's accounts on Steam and steal codes from them. They're scumbags. They also, by the way, if you're like, well, I don't care where these keys come from, lots of people have found after buying a game from G2A that they are being charged a monthly fee for insurance on that game key that they did not pay for. Whoops. They didn't choose to have this insurance, but they now have like a dollar fifty a week going to G2A, and if they try to cancel it, G2A says no. Well, that's fun. Like, they're, like, a legit scam site. Stay away from them. And, uh, 
I'm pretty appalled that Navi has thrown their lot in with them. And even worse, the name change. That's that's pretty gross. I mean, I think everybody knows Navi has fallen on hard times, but this is pretty unpleasant. Yeah, it's 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 really bad luck for yeah for the old champs, right? Yeah. I don't know, like, this is one of the few instances where it doesn't feel like the team screwing up, it feels like the organization, right? I'm not, you know, I'm not angry at Dendi no. about this. How can but... you be angry at Dendi for anything? Well, listen. Listen. I'm listening. Sometimes he doesn't play very good, but, um, yeah, I, I this is a, this is a real strange choice from them, and it'll, like, there'll probably be no consequences from this. Yeah. Like, probably people will just be like, oh, okay, and move on, because people would would rather do that than, than give a damn about any of this stuff. But, like, I don't know if I could make an appeal to, to I don't know, Navi themselves and be like, hey, you're better than this. If I could make an appeal to fans to be like, hey, say that this isn't okay. Because it's not okay. This, like, this website is robbing people and they don't get to be an official sponsor of esports. Complexity used to be sponsored by G2A hmm. and they dropped them because this Complexity said they were sponsoring them and then never gave them any money. Huh. Well, that sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah. So, anyway. I'm going to move on to a, uh, a pitch that I got from Reddit. Ooh. So someone was talking about techies and some things like everybody knows i think at this point that if if te- techies needs changes right yeah and what would you do to techies to bring them back into the meta and everyone has these ideas and one of the ideas that i saw that was interesting to me was to make techies like invoker you don't rank up stats he's a 7774 hmm. character where he's got four ranks in his ult and seven ranks of his different minds interesting so, first of all, like, what do you think of that? I mean, and also, in Invoker, his stats are tied to what what ability you level up, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think of those three different ideas, basically? I think, I mean, just at first blush, I really like the idea. It makes a lot of sense, especially because, I mean, the stats, like, just leveling up Techie's stats? I, I don't know, man. Yeah, that's not where his uh, where their strength comes from. So no, I like the idea. Would you want stats tied to abilities? Like you level up landmines and yeah, you sure. get strength. You level up stasis trap and you get intelligence. I think that would be agility. And then I mean, if if you're going by the assignments, because no. but I don't know. Like part of it that makes it strange is that like Invoker has a use for every stat, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Techies don't. Yeah. Techies give literally no shits about agility, and they, I guess, kind of care about strength, because a little more HP is never a bad thing, but, like... Then really don't tie agility to the stasis. <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, stasis is already the least... Mm-hmm. I don't know, there's so much work you need to do on techies. There's so much work you need to do on so much of Dota, right? It bums me out what a small team the Dota team is. Yeah. Because it's such a big game, it's such a money maker, it's such a phenomenon, really. Like, and 
Valve being Valve, they just they're just like, well, we'll we'll give it what we need to keep it alive, but there just doesn't seem to be any follow through. Like, remember Hero MMR? Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah, remember that thing. <laughs> like they've got they're, big they're, dreams. And like, I don't know, like as a as a Wind Ranger fan, right? Looking at her model drives me crazy. And not just because of the whole, like, her spine is misaligned so she has no breasts. I don't, like, okay, you could fix that. That's fine. I don't really care. Right? Sure. But, like, you look at her arm, and it's this, like, mangled, bizarro thing. Like, it's just messed up. Yeah, she's a Rob Liefeld girl. Except the breast thing, I guess. And, like, Marana looks like a hockey player who's who's been playing for a long time. Her face is real messed up. We've we've gone over that one numerous times. Jakira like, looks like two dragons stapled together. Yeah, there's some real bad models in the game. Slardar's fins don't attach to his body. Like, this is stuff that it's really genuinely very embarrassing that they just have not taken care of. Yeah, it is... It is pretty strange. I mean, setting aside embarrassing, it's just weird. Like, really? The game's been going this long and you don't have, like, basically okay models for all the heroes? It's not because they're churning them out at such a rate, let me tell you that. I just, I don't, like... We have so little information on how Valve operates that anything I can come up with is going to be conjecture, right? Mm -hmm. But here comes the conjecture. It feels like Valve is a place... At this point, like, every you talk to people about working at Valve, and they say it's a great place to go if you have a family, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's because they don't make things... I think that's because they maintain stuff now, and that's what they do. It's a 9-to-5 in the most traditional sense, because you go there, you know, you do what you gotta do to keep this game alive, or to keep servers alive, or to keep the store running. And you never, like... It doesn't feel like there's a lot of above and beyond, except for when someone's like, hey, it would be really cool if we did this thing. And then people get excited and you do it. But it feels like there's not a, a lot of day-to-day passion for supporting what they do. And it's like, the work of individual people is incredible. Given what, we, what we've been told about the size of the Dota team, which, as I recall, is currently around like 10 people mm-hmm. keeping Dota running, it's phenomenal what they achieve with the amount of money that that game makes how does it not have at least a 30 person team all the time at least the team riot makes more money than dota obviously but like they're both in the same class of just massive breadwinner Mm -hmm. and riot's team is hundreds of people although I mean, in fairness, Riot does use some of that team to do things that we hate, like to sort of micromanage in a way that is horrible. Sure, but I think, I mean, it feels like there's a middle ground, right? Like, oh, Riot yeah. has so many people <laughs> and so like much money. You could hire, like, three more people. Yeah, it's like, Riot has so much money and so many people that they do, in my opinion, way too much. And Valve doesn't do nearly enough. Like, I don't know. I don't understand how a, a, a group that makes as much money and has as many resources and has as much like goodwill from the community and as much power and as much everything as valve 
does stuff like say, like, oh, we're doing Hero MMR, this is one of the shipping features of Source 2, and it still doesn't work. It has at no point worked. Where they have their offline bots, and they made an update to the bots recently so they behave a little better, but they still just get caught on elements of the new map. And when I say new map, I mean the map that is at this point 10 months old. Ah, listen. Like, what the hell are we doing? Colin, you're bumming me out. I love this game a lot. And all my friends have stopped playing. You're not playing because your computer's busted. Yeah, I'm on hiatus. And so you are getting dark, Colin, because all I have is randos. That can be pretty dark. And, well, like, it it could ahead. be worse, right? I'm still having some good matches. I'm not, like, upset about the player base right now. It's just sort of like there's not a lot to distract me from the frustrating shortcomings of the game right now. Well, I have some fan fiction. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. This is a sort of a sweet little piece called Good Morning Night Stalker, uh, written by Almeida. At this moment in time, he was sure of two things. His name was Ezalor, Keeper of the Light. His staff possessed a warm, unearthly glow, even in the dark of night, so of course he was the Keeper of the Light. And this horse was probably his. Yes, there wasn't much reason to be sitting on anyone else's horse. Azalor leaned to one side and the white horse turned his head to look. You wouldn't happen to know what we're doing here, would you? He asked. The horse only flared its nostrils in answer. I didn't think so. A raspy voice chuckled nearby. For a reason Azalor couldn't divine, he was unconcerned. He turned to the blue creature, the embodiment of nightmares, standing nearby. His grin might have been unsettling, sharp teeth showing between his lips and splitting his face vertically. The fall of the sun marked the circadian rise of his power and the fall of Azalor's. Even still, Azalor was sure that the last of the creatures of the night wasn't out to hurt him. And this is actually sort of a sweet little story. They're trapped in the woods together, and Nightstalker is protecting Keeper of the Light for no clear reason. And they just sort of chat about which is better, light or dark. Yeah. Ah, surely the light isn't all that bad. I die a little every morning, he answered. That sounded pretty bad. Ah, he couldn't think of much else to say but that. Of course, the end of Balinar's rejuvenation was balanced by the beginning of Azalor's. I suppose I am the light at every tunnel. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, That's just cute. a sweet little piece, pretty short, but yeah, I liked it. It's a it's a healthy relationship between two characters. Yeah. Cautious recommend. All right. And uh, I guess, actually, before we go... I want to do a little checkup on what you think of the current meta. I love the current meta. Okay, that's... Like, what do you like about the current meta? Uh, or I guess the last I've seen of the current meta, I've been watching tons of old Dota. In fact, I picked that piece because I was excited to see Keeper of the Light picked in uh, TI2. Um, I like the really coordinated play. That's... That's always the most exciting thing. That's why Navi was my team way back in the day. Like, seeing teams really work together extraordinarily well is my favorite thing in Dota. I'm starting to, to a certain extent, like, I don't know. I, I like this meta. I am starting to miss the feel of a really, really high-impact carry. Hmm. I feel like that's that's become lessened. And, like, I'm... 
I'm primarily a support player, so maybe that's not a thing I should be mourning. But like, I don't know. I miss I miss things like. I mean, honestly, I I miss six point eight three troll a little bit. <laughs> I miss Storm Spirit in his heyday, and I don't, you know. Maybe this is just a grass is always greener situation because boy, at the time I was real angry at those guys. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds what like what you miss is the balance being screwed up for a while. Maybe I mean I don't miss specific I don't like it's not that I miss like specifically those heroes I miss kind of what those heroes did I miss those moments of like like Havost getting jumped by three people and then murdering them all in the laning phase right. Like I miss those moments of these just like the of like the carry just turning around and saying no fuck this. So you really and just I, want a few OP characters. The balance is too good for you right now. You're you're gonna stick with this, huh? I that I mean that's what I'm hearing. You're like no no. What I mean is I really just want some unbalanced heroes. Like, well, uh, that's a thing you can do. I don't know. I guess what I would say is I want a shifting of farm priority and not like not on the part of the teams but like I want the game I don't know I don't know what I want I don't know what I want you want your friends to play Dota I want my friends to play Dota Uh, well on that kind of pathetic note I guess we're going to close out this episode huh um Thank you, everybody, for joining us. You can find Bottle Crow on iTunes if you want to give us a rating or review there. It would be greatly appreciated. Um, we're also on Twitter if you want to contact us at, at Bottle Crow on Twitter, or you could email us any questions or comments at BottleCrowPodcast at gmail.com. And hey, I'm going to try and keep an eye on a hashtag, hashtag a Bottle Crow on Twitter. Ooh. If anybody wants to, you know, just send a comment or something that way, I'll keep an eye on it. I'll see that. Maybe something will get on the episode, the next episode. You never know. Um, but this what this podcast is part of the Scanline Media family at scanlinemedia.com, which is where I and a couple of other friends do video games, podcasts, and videos and articles. And if you like that, you could go to patreon.com slash scanlinemedia and ship in a few bucks to help us cover more equipment and software because that just helps us cover the cost of running the site and putting content on it. Uh, thanks so much to Reddit user Pomodi for use of his Harmonies of New Bloom music pack, which we use as our intro and outro music here. And thanks, Emily. It's good to have you back on another Bottle Crow. It's been my pleasure. I'll try to find a way to play a little Dota so that I can, you know, contribute in a meaningful way. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>